0: what's going on everybody and welcome back to another episode of rookie ball part two of the Bengals special episode i really hope you guys enjoyed part one and just to give a recap we talked about the game with anthony coletta and also recap the halftime show with michael powell in this part we'll be interviewing a real rookie about the game and of course going into the off season with my cousin brennan higus so i hope you guys enjoy let's hit it So we have a very special returning guest here today. Jacob, he's back. Introduce yourself.
1: Hi, everyone. For people who don't remember me, my name is Jacob, as stated. Hi, Phoenix. Jacob also helped us predict
0: the Oscar, uh, some of the nominations that came out a week ago. He's back because Jacob watched his first official Super Bowl on Sunday. Jacob, are you glad you did it? You glad you got it out of the way? No, <laughs> no, really. Was it because of the result, or just not what you expected it to be? I mean, I think because of the result.
1: Yeah. I wonder. I, you know, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. Okay. I, it just—it sucked.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah. Well, obviously, you were in a room of Bengals fans, so. Maybe not the the side you want to see at the end. Yeah. Yeah, the, the upset, the tears, the anger, the shock. Uh, mostly all from me. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it goes in the NFL. You have a losing side and you have a winning side and you have a 50-50 shot.
1: I had fun in the first half.
0: The first half was very fun. There was a little boost that they had going. Now, I got to ask, as I said in the intro, we have a real rookie coming in. And that is because we embrace everybody, the non-sports watchers, the intense sports watchers, everybody, people that just watched it for the halftime show. We embrace everybody here at Rookie Ball. And so I got to know, what was some of your favorite moments of the game? Did you have a big moment where you're like, okay, this is intense. This is awesome. Uh,
1: the second touchdown from the Bengals, the mass grab was Yeah, the
0: one where he grabbed it. Okay, T. Higgins, face mask Jalen Ramsey, threw him to the ground, ran for a touchdown, no call. Touchdown, Bengals. Now, a lot of people are saying that that was a face mask. Do you think it was a face mask? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he grabbed him. Anybody who says that's not a penalty, even if it says it in the books or anywhere, that's a penalty. Now, Jacob, with all the interviewers, and I actually have done this, I just kind of let them say what they want to say at the beginning, say like anything that's on the top of their mind about the topic that I'm talking to them about. So you saw a Super Bowl for the first time. What's the first things that come to your mind? bars
1: um my overall thoughts on having to watch the super bowl um was again first half really great had fun energy was good and this specifically that last quarter um actually no, just the, the second half of the game was excruciating because in the third quarter we were just waiting for anyone to do anything and you know, Bengals were up. I was hoping just nothing would happen. Like, (laughs) nothing. Because if something happened, it was over. And then in quarter four, something happened. Um, And especially with the narrative about the Bengals uh, always having like a comeback in the second half of the game, it was weird to watch the Rams have the Bengals moment. Even though the Rams throughout the season weren't seen as an underdog, it... Because they were down in the first half, it allowed them to take that narrative that belonged to the Bengals and just kind of pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, because we saw the the first half ended with 13-10 Rams, and we thought we were going to see, even though three points is not a huge deficit, we thought we were going to see another Bengals uh, comeback, and we did. They came out and they got up to like 21 points. It was 21-13. to 13. It was looking pretty good and looked like we were just gonna dominate the second half but yeah like you said they had a Bengals moment uh in a little more of an even epic way honestly because it's the last drive of the game you know the Bengals are only gonna have one more chance after this uh some crazy plays some questionable plays some questionable calls
1: that happened at the end of the game um i also wish it just it just ended because it was like... It was, <laughs> I do too, you know? It was like, you got stabbed, and you know that like that was a fatal wound, but they just keep stabbing you, and you just keep not dying.
0: Are you implying like, the Bengals' last drive, where they were trying to tie it up?
1: No, no, no. The Rams getting that touchdown that won them the game. Yeah. Because like, it was clear. They were right at the... the like one yard line yeah and just going over and over and over again I was like of course it's gonna happen well Mm. but I have to wait for 30 more minutes
0: especially after you saw some of the calls that happened that were like very questionable you knew what side they wanted this to go to almost at that point and so you knew that they were gonna get the touchdown and as a Bengals fan you're almost like just let them score at this point so we can have some time to go but as in, I know you were watching it with Bengals fans, but as a person getting into sports, was this a, a, a fun game to watch? Medium. Medium. Now, I will let you know this is considered one of the like most intense Super Bowls of all time.
1: Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, like I said, that fourth quarter was intense and it was just like being, <laughs> just like shooting a dead horse, or you know, the, sim- the, mom- yeah, the Simpsons moment, person. like, stop, he's already dead. Yeah yeah so like i get it it was it was really intense um it wasn't well i guess again i haven't seen a full football game before so yeah yeah, so i understand that you know touchdowns aren't just happening left and right Mm -hmm. but i wish i wish there was a little bit more of that like back and forth rather than you know just pushing and pushing mm-hmm. and it all coming to nothing like what happened in the third quarter
0: yeah well then i guess i should ask like with this being your one example of a full football game does this make you want to watch more football games or is this ever you are you retiring from football watching today
1: i'm not i'll put it this way phoenix there's no chance i'm gonna sit down turn on a tv and watch a football game without you or someone like you in the room okay
0: so you are officially retiring (laughs) from football watching
1: no no
0: okay well you know obviously if you don't have the intentions or the want to watch a football game you can always come on here every tuesday and friday and hear the results of them
1: exactly i'll be i'll be listening every tuesday and friday at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time. <clears throat> yes. Um, and, I mean, there's a good chance I'm going to have to watch another football game.
0: Well, yeah, most likely with the way the Bengals are trending towards a, a Super Bowl team almost every year, uh, I'm assuming you will most likely be seeing <laughs> be seeing a lot of Bengals games.
1: That is not a sentence you could catch yourself saying two minutes after the Super Bowl ended. <laughs> what? <laughs> that the, the Bengals are... Well, a contender, not, oh, not they're, like
0: they're making it the Super Bowl every I know, year. I know, a, a contender I know, that's, that's, to possibly make it. Uh, that's not a sentence you could have said since... uh
1: it's not a sentence you could have said six months ago.
0: I don't think you could have said it 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't think you could have said it in a 30-year span that the Bengals are a Super Bowl contender. They've made the playoffs, haven't won a playoff game since the 90s, um, until now, 2022 a playoff game
1: I will say uh I I, I followed Joe Burrow on Twitter he's a, so I I definitely think it the game endeared me to him yeah and the the two people's faces who I saw constantly was just Joe Burrow and again he's not the quarterback but because he was injured Odell Beckham jr they
0: kept showing him throughout the throughout the throughout the game
1: yeah so it just I connected with those players more than anything and I don't, like I told you I was the thing that I that makes the thing that makes sports and watching them and keeping up with them makes sense to me is in enjoying like the characters of the players and so definitely like I, I care about Joe Burrow. Now.
0: Yeah. And when I, so you say you checked out his Twitter, I will say this and I have no motivation because obviously Joe Burrow doesn't need my promotion. It, whether you're a sports goer or not, like check out his Twitter. He's actually really funny. Um, especially when he's like back in high school, he would just tweet the most random stuff. Uh, he has a little tweet that just says, I love the science channel. Uh, which just like, I don't, it has no explanation or no context or all. He just says that randomly. Um, He's a very committed guy and you wouldn't get that because when he's on the football field and when he's on the press conferences he does take it very seriously uh he wants to win that's really all he cares about he doesn't care about his individual stats uh and so when you see him on the football field he's probably the most serious guy you'll ever see but he kind of has this sarcastic uh mean tone comedy to him where you see his face and you may step away and think he's scary Uh uh, shaking your little boots, uh, but he actually is uh, a very comedic guy.
1: Well, I mean, and then there is, there is the meme of him in that outfit uh, at the Super Bowl. Oh, that... I mean, the man has been dripped out, yeah. out of the womb. No, absolutely. Like that, that I think is when he truly became Joe Shiesty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, there was that meme that came out. Um, he's also just—he's very handsome. And it seemed well, like... I'm
0: glad you said handsome, because our next guest, Brendan High, my cousin, he plugged in his Instagram at the end of his interview. And if you want to check it out, some people say that he is Joe Burrow's doppelganger.
1: Oh, can I check that out right now? Yeah, you can On absolutely
0: hang out. The uh, You can absolutely check that out. I yeah. Did... Sort of. He has some
1: similarities. <clears throat> the hair, the eyes. Well, yeah, uh, so... Briefly, just again, the things that endured me to Joe Burrow were the me- the little meme that came of his outfit and how silly he looked. Great. Loved it. Um, having to just like look at him the whole game. And like I said, he's very handsome. It seemed like there was some uh, like assistant who had to like hairspray his single curl. <laughs> I-, I just know. I- I'm surprised the cameras didn't catch it. I'm sure every time... That he was off camera. There was just something like, Shh. oh yeah. Um,
0: well, we have been able to tell since the game that the NFL is just a scripted,
1: well, uh, scripted movie. Uh, yeah, but it again, it, if he's a character that I care about, like h- having that iconic look is important, and it worked. Yeah. And then the third thing was his tweet after losing. I like, I remember the vibe of the night just being bad after the game yeah and reading the tweet the next morning i was like i wish he said that like immediately after like i think that
0: they obviously have to like get their pads off and yeah yeah access to their phone
1: i was just thinking in general like that would have been great to hear like if anyone had said that
0: well and i i will say it was just
1: a well-worded message i think uh,
0: I will say I'm very differing from most Bengals fans right now. Uh, a lot of them are just insanely happy, which which now at this point, as we're recording this on Thursday, I feel much better. And I'm just like very happy that I got to see a Super Bowl with the Bengals in it. Um, they flew into Cincinnati just last night, or I'm sorry, a couple nights ago, just got back home and had a crowd of at least like a thousand, two thousand people like at midnight just like holding up signs and cheering for them as they landed back in. And through, they even threw like a little celebration. The coach got a chant started outside at the airport. So it has been a really sweet moment uh, of all the fans kind of backing up that they're still super happy for all the players. Uh,
1: yeah, it was, I again, the vibe of the party very different from the mm-hmm. vibe of Bengals Twitter afterwards. It, it's like, it's like their Rocky moment. Like Rocky mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, ultimately win the fight at the end of that movie. But, you know, they just put up such a great challenge in the first place. Yeah. And then the fact that they were even there at all was cool.
0: Well, it's a it's a really nice uh, difference. I've been doing a lot of comparisons lately to the 2015 Carolina Panthers. Uh, The 2015 Carolina Panthers only had one loss the entire regular season. They were Super Bowl favorites. They made it there. Carolina is not known to make the Super Bowl very often. I think that might've been their first time. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and they made it, they lost pretty badly. Um, kind of was a big upset. And after the game, their their fans kind of like put them down. Basically it was like super disappointed that they didn't win. Uh, the quarterback, the big difference that I've seen so far is their quarterback got really down on themselves. Like didn't think they were good enough uh didn't talk during the press conference didn't go on twitter the next day at all just completely kind of left and he's never been the same since he's he's a very average starting quarterback in the league uh, probably bottom tier at this point um and then a lot of people have been hating on Joe Burrow for going out and trying to like keep a clear head uh right after Super Bowl I told you he went to a Kid Cudi concert Uh, and just kind of celebrated there, got dogged on it a lot, which I talked about it with Anthony uh, earlier on part one, but it really hurts a player mentally if they don't have people backing them, uh, and also if they don't help themselves. You can tell with the Carolina Panthers quarterback, Cam Newton, uh, just kind of fell off after that point, because not only did he have no support around him, he didn't have support himself, to whereas I see with Joe Burrow, he has support around him, with his teammates, with his fans, with his coaches, and he has complete confidence in himself that he can still be good and lead a team to the Super Bowl. So I just, when I compare those two teams, because they have a lot of similarities in a way, a very exciting young quarterback, very exciting young team that can be really good, and the Carolina Panthers immediately just fell off. And so I need to see a big significant difference
1: in the Bengals. I definitely think Joe Burrow could be like a, a sports celebrity after this though oh yeah like i think just the nation seeing well, he he's America's Sheisty. sweetheart you know what i mean <laughs> and again he's handsome he's got a look you get personality and he won uh comeback of the year comeback player of the year award
0: he's won the heisman he's a college national champion he's now a super bowl player no winner but yeah hopefully one day i think i think he'll be a a name He'll be a name to remember for sure and i think uh, a lot of people have talked about how this team may be forgotten in history because it didn't win the super bowl um and you know i always tell my audience when i'm being biased and when i'm not being and i am biased sometimes but i truly think this is a team that needs to get remembered in history uh you know if you don't follow sports the Bengals were projected to be 3 and 14 this season do nothing, get a top pick, and just start for next year. Um, But they made the Super Bowl. They have one of the most memorable characters uh, in a story, basically. Joe Burrow was just this miracle that came out of nowhere. Jamar Chase's career so far has just been a movie. But this team truly does need to be remembered for the magical drive that it had, especially the last two games, and even in the Super Bowl, if you want to consider it, to go up against such a juggernaut in the Los Angeles Rams, who were built to win the Super Bowl to see a team that was not even written in as a playoff team this year uh, come within three points and maybe even a couple plays and a couple flags of becoming Super Bowl champions.
1: Before the game, I thought the most interesting commentary I would have would be on the halftime show because I've at least watched those.
0: I had a person who came in that specifically said they wanted to be like an expert on that because they're a big music head. Yeah. Uh, And Michael, who was in part one. So I'll definitely uh, I'll give you the floor for like five, ten minutes. Uh, Just talk about, you know, the best performances in it. What you thought was special about it. Main question I've been asking everyone that I do also want you to answer is where does this rank all the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a really cool. Like I said, I think this halftime show has to be a retrospective on an artist's career. And it's more fun if it's that rather than, like, I think the Justin Timberlake one was just a bunch of bullshit, and the... It was just a bunch of bullshit. So, and I I don't like that the past few Super Bowls haven't really been that, or the halftime shows haven't really been that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like that this was a Dr. Dre retrospective career, you know, celebration thing. Um, I do think Kendrick was the best performer. He's just naturally a showman, like we had talked about. That has
0: been agreed upon through all of my interviewees so
1: Yeah, and they did not pick, um, they just did not pick the right time for Mary J. Blige. I think she got screwed over the most. So I, in my
0: halftime interview with Michael, I made a big point that her singing a ballad in between 50 Cents in the Club and Kendrick, who is a very lyrical artist and fast rapper, and also Eminem right behind him. It's just a really, really interesting spot to put her, because if you put that ballad like right before the ending song, that actually is kind of cool, uh, especially if
1: you have her in a like super cool set area as well. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. It was it was weird. It didn't do it didn't do her justice, I think. Um, but overall, I think I think really good. It's it was solid. Um, It was a celebration in the right way. Um, Maybe it was just the audio in the room we were watching it in, but it seemed sort of low energy. Well, Um, there is a pretty clear census
0: that uh, she was lip syncing very intensely. Obviously, everyone at the halftime show lip syncs in a slight way, Uh, but they said her first song uh, was a very big dance piece. Obviously, let's get it crunking. Um, Sorry, I no, I just meant in general. The whole thing was kind of... Low. Oh, the audio just general. Oh, well, that was supposed to be
1: kind of the point because, you know... It... Well, so, you know, starting off with Snoop Dogg, for example. Like, that song's like a chill, like it's...
0: Well, nah, I mean nah, I don't nah. I don't know if you saw the pre-show, but the man uh, clearly smoked uh like three blunts. Oh yeah oh, before yeah. the halftime show. No, it
1: was hilarious. And seeing... that's like
0: yeah, that's like actually a fact he did that, which I mean we probably all assume that he would. Um I would I assumed he would smoke a blunt on live television. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's allowed to do that. But <clears throat> I mean there's a lot of things that they weren't allowed to do that they did during the show. No, I don't uh but yeah, you know, Snoop Dogg was obviously high. Dre is kind of out of the prime of being able to do the really intense physical shows. Uh, I felt like Kendrick's was very high energy. Yes. Um,
1: his, sorry, his was the moment that was like electrical. Yeah. That was the one section that I like felt it. I was like, oh, this is big. And then this Super Bowl.
0: Eminem felt about as electric as he could be because rap is very electric. But when you do it with his style, it's not the most like dancey, you know, like grooving music. It's really, like, supposed to be intense, hard-hitting, lyrical. Uh, so I don't know if you can go, like, too crazy on the intensity.
1: I'll, p- I'll put it this way. Like, Eminem at the Oscars a couple years ago, I think with the same song. Yeah, Lose um, Yourself. Yeah, no
0: Lose Yourself. Which is an Oscar
1: winner. Yeah, but he didn't he didn't get to perform at his own ceremony when he won. Well, yeah. So, so like, yeah,
0: if you don't know the story, Eminem uh, was, like, 100% sure he wasn't going to win the Oscar. So he stayed home and slept
1: uh and won the award yeah and he was not there to get it well anyway i think that his oscars performance was great um and it worked really well because he's performing to like a specific audience and the super bowl again so a whole different like, vibe it's a huge stadium yeah and yeah so overall not like my favorite it was it was very good.
0: Okay, so what there, I want you to do is I want you to rank the six artists okay. on how well they did. And then rank, the, we've been doing it in two categories. We rank it based on performance, and then
1: we ranked it based off message. The ranking of the artist, Kendrick won. Uh, 50 Cent, 2, just because him upside down. That was just hilarious. And everyone was excited to hear that song. Mm-hmm. Um... Mary J Blige three, even mm. though, even though I, th- I think she was Hot done. Hot take. I think she was done dirty. Hot take alert. I just already really like her, so okay, that's I was, fair. I was, lose yourself is a great song. I've heard it a billion times. I was, I was more excited to hear her than Eminem. I guess I'm surprised on how low you're putting him on this one. Yeah, he's last. Oh, he's last. I'd say Dre. Okay, so goes Dre, Snoop Dogg. No, 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 never mind. Dre, uh, just because he had such great presence on that keyboard. Um, uh, Dre, Eminem, and then last is Snoop Dogg. Because I love love Snoop Dogg. He's funny. (laughs) He's like an icon. Uh, Catch him on the L word. Mm. It's a weird cameo. (laughs) Um, And... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's him, so I can't blame him for being him, that's, but that he was just, he didn't change any of his energy. You uh, know what? Well, that's your
0: ranking. Um, emphasis <clears throat> on your, but what, what was we his? like opinions. Mine's got to go Kendrick M Dre 50 Snoop Mary. Wow. Yeah. Let me know who you guys agree with, but or if you have a list of your own, please write it down in the comments below. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll keep it there. What's what? How does this rank performance-wise
1: all the time? Um, there was a great great tweet after the Super Bowl that said, um, "Every other year, is uh, like a gay halftime show," and in in the good way. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a halftime show for the gays. And because it was J Lo and Shakira, that was a double year, and so that's okay. why we've had. That's why we've had two years of straight halftime shows. Okay, but anyway, I I totally agree. It was a straight halftime show, and so it, it's not my favorite genre of halftime show. Yeah, the Lady Gaga one. It's so embarrassing. Genre of show, straight. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, because the Katie... But those are the better ones. Katy Perry was a great one. It was iconic. Lady Gaga falling from the ceiling like a little spider. Uh, the Beyonce one is just awesome. Even I, I even like the Madonna one. Um, I would literally rank all of those over uh, the ones that I've seen. Um, so, yeah, I would, unfortunately, I would rank all of those over over this one. So this um, is
0: not even top five. Because I'm assuming also you have Prince up there as well.
1: Uh, in would, terms of performance? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I would say this is probably the best of the straight halftime shows. Okay, and you've seen two. I, no, I've seen... You can count the Bruno Mars one. But that had Beyonce in it. No, the actual Bruno Mars one. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, the Weekend one. The, uh, the Coldplay one, which... We can argue fifty-fifty because had Bruno and we Beyonce, Beyonce and yeah. Um, but anyway. five and Travis Scott had to be that was the, the worst. One. That was the worst one I've ever seen. Oh,
0: I think Justin Timberlake is the worst one, but that you know. That's oh, that's rare. true. Uh, those
1: those both were abysmal.
0: Well, I won't I won't hold myself too long because I already told the audience what I think. But I have this third all time performance right behind MJ and
1: Prince. That's crazy. That's. Cr- I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. No, it it was it was very well done. But it's crazy that you don't have a a pop diva, in between. I that. like I like not having the pop, in there. I really enjoyed having
0: a hip hop rap halftime show. No, oh no no yeah yeah,
1: well I mean there's other, hip hop, rap halftime show divas. Oh yeah. No, I know. But I this mean, one like was the one I enjoyed the and most. And like, uh, yeah, there was, okay, that's fair.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, well let me know this. This has been universally agreed upon. Uh where does this rank all the time message wise? Like importance of a halftime show.
1: Sure. Uh, I mean it probably up there in the top three. Number maybe, one. I, I I think formation was way more. Really? I think Beyonce's the, the like Black Panther outfits that was in like her you know, in the lemonade era where she was touring with such a strong message and would slip in opportunities to bring up, um, people who were shot by the police. And I, I think like there was that whole vibe around her with that, especially formation, like what that song is about and represents in the music video. Um, that, that was way more powerful to me. And it was clear. It was clear. Mm. Um, This one, I mean, it was celebrating, minus Eminem, and not to use this word as a white, or this, like, term, but it was celebrating black excellence. Yeah. uh, And, like, a a whole, his empire. Yeah, Yeah. that, Dr. Dre's, like, music empire. And so that that was cool, uh, the whole, like, dancing over the streets of Compton? Yep. Uh, Well, they, yeah, it was just, it was Compton,
0: uh, and then they obviously had a set piece of a trailer park for M, because yeah. he was born in the trailer parks of Detroit, uh, and then I I researched this and I still see theories they're pretty true about it that the area of the map Kendrick performed on was his hometown uh, street.
1: Okay, well that's cool. I mean, yeah, and Eminem kneeling, I didn't notice that. How? Like, Ow. Ow. like <laughs> during the performance? Oh my,
0: yeah, he's he kneeled there for about like 50 okay. seconds. Okay.
1: Well, let me explain like I I so I remember him like kneeling I didn't think it was supposed to be it's about... supposed to be a half
0: and half it's supposed to be for Tupac and for BLM
1: Yeah well that didn't make sense that wasn't clear Oh it was... it, it, I th- cuz you can kneel during a performance I mean he was on the kind of stage well but the NFL told him not to
0: they said cuz he was like I want to yeah. kneel for Tupac and they were like no you can't do that and he yeah. was like you
1: know, Eminem classic style. He probably was like, oh, it, "Fuck you, it would and have fuck been your mom too." <laughs> it would have been more clear that he was kneeling, as like a representation of like how the players were kneeling in protest. Mm. Uh, in well, that's why the matter. NFL didn't want him yeah, to do it a- again. But like the
0: whole movement started in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, but. You can, like, kneeling is also a normal thing. If, like, if he had done it during, while singing the Star Spangled Banner or something, then I'd be like, oh, oh, he's doing it. Or if maybe they got all of them to Well, he, finish. I don't know if
0: you also, he was holding his fist up while he was kneeling. You don't normally I, just I, do that. You not... don't normally kneel down with one knee and put your hand up in a fist. And Keep it, hold it there. You're not even like rocking or anything. Okay, you okay. were just holding it. Yeah, and he held it for like 45, 50 seconds. Okay, maybe, maybe it just in the middle of the screen. Okay, I maybe it just totally,
1: <laughs> totally flew over my head. But I again, I don't know, like, I like Adam, he's he was on top of something and there was stuff below him, like the mm-hmm. cameras too. Well, Dre so, was playing the piano transitioning into the last song. Okay, well, I'm dumb. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just dumb. That's no, okay. I know. <laughs> so I w- Point is, I would have liked if all the artists had done it. Yeah. If it was like a big moment, or like right at the, end ar- no, or they perform the whole sure. thing, and then right at the end, all of them do it really quick, and the camera has to cut or something. Yeah. No, I agree. Because that I think is more. Ugh, God, maybe I'm just dumb. I don't. I don't no, no, I no. This isn't even super obvious. No, but,
0: this has been really nice because you know I wasn't aware that I wasn't aware that there was a person that hadn't seen M do that. Uh, but also the fact of I've never uh, heard the argument yet of Beyonce's performance in the halftime show. Uh, people kind of just seem to have this recency bias that this is this is the big one, this is, like, the new great. Um, but I totally forgot about yeah. that very powerful moment, so it's actually nice to have your two cents on it, because uh, that yeah. wouldn't have been brought up in any other sense, I
1: don't think. And that was, like, that was 2016. Or 20, 2016 uh, yeah, or 2017. Yeah. So people are angry. Like, that was... That was what that kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. But no, I really want to thank you for giving your
0: expertise on seeing Super Bowl for the first time. Uh, your knowledge on the Super Bowl halftime shows, which is clearly better from your than
1: your Super Bowl knowledge. Uh, so I want to thank you for bringing that in. Well, I'm glad, uh, glad I got to come back and uh, hopefully you'll have me back again.
0: I can't wait to see you possibly for season two. See you in season two. All right. Well, thank you, Jacob. We will see you sometime soon. And it is time for our final special guest. Welcome back, everybody, to Rookie Ball. This is part two of the Bengals. So, special as I have stated, part at the beginning of part one, we recapped the recapped one game that just happened on Sunday, very upset and also talking about the, the halftime the show. Super Bowl. But now I am but joined by at the a end cousin day. But I also this like to see as a and friend of mine, Brennan Higgins. he my life every day. Uh, is on the podcast on, today. Off season. Uh, and I've never I been more proud of this team. I've had. In the best my 19 years of living on this loss, earth. How have you been feeling? Uh, almost 19 and a half. Uh, as I've good never as I can. Any of my I mean, still thinking about the game. Yeah, but a pushing ever. Pushing day by day. My yeah. team. now in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, probably the but team I brought I running on because we've already talked about the game with uh Anthony To be there, is Super, super, Kind of exciting. And I cannot but wait. Now that the Bengals the have made a Super Bowl, to pass. we gotta talk about the future, don't we? It obviously Absolutely. stinks. That's some calls so probably put us in a situation where we gotta get into where I, where I, I've had to ask this and I know the answer to it, although but some people I'm have not giving me the same answer, which is surprising. And this new era of rookie ball that's about to, get to get back begin where we're in season two, talking that. about the other sports.
2: Oh, uh, really first and exciting. foremost, I mean, I think I all the NFL fans number one season, uh and with our cap space
0: for season two of and then ball. i
2: mean uh, next time everybody's saying teron armstead will be in season two uh, at o tackle so to go after in free agency on the flip, i mean obviously the line get out of here
0: see, for me the obvious pick is bolster the offensive line now <laughs> i've seen two opinions on this obviously we're a young team so this team is going to continue to get better do we just go out and sign these uh, like Veteran at the end of their career, good offensive lineman, or do we actually pick some people that have some high upside that could last with us for a little bit?
2: Uh, I mean, I think you try to do both, you know, but um, you know, we have a lot of money going into free agency, so I think yeah, we have a ton, yeah, I believe fourth, fifth in the league. Um, yeah, so why not sign a pretty big name guy on the O line if that's what you're trying to go towards, but also. I do see some guys in the draft that are pretty promising, like especially Tyler Linderbaum. I like him a lot, not mm. going to lie. he's. I saw some highlights from him today, actually, that the uh, ESPN College Football posted, I believe, and the guy just pancakes everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, now, i I've been open to this. I've talked about this a little bit. Our first-round pick is obviously going to be the 31st pick in the draft this year. Which basically makes it a second rounder at that point. It's not the most valuable pick yeah. in the world. Is there a shot of maybe maybe packaging that first round pick to go get a really good offensive lineman?
2: I, w- I mean I have thought about that. I mean, even trade ups, if there's like a guy that um the Bengals are really set on, I could see them doing mm-hmm. that. But if there's not somebody that stands out, I don't see I don't see why we would just considering all the guys we could get in free agency, unless there was one standout guy in the draft that we really wanted.
0: Well, and and so now talking about trading up in the draft, uh, Anthony and I had a separate conversation about this, where uh, there's a cornerback that's really, really good in the draft. I can't remember his name. He's like a top five pick, though. And um, there's obviously talks. I don't know if you agree with it. I don't agree with it, that we should cut Eli Apple. Do you think we should do that?
2: I think it's hard to say cut Eli Apple. I mean, the guy's a starter. He's better than yeah, he's our, our second two string guys, DBs. Two yeah, yeah. Uh, I just—I so, mean, definitely not cut. If uh, so I honestly like his mentality, I'm—I'm I'm one of the only Bengals fans who actually kind of backs up Eli Apple a little bit.
0: Oh, I absolutely and Anthony, I, Anthony, and I agree that we like Eli Apple. We don't want him to be cut. So the the problem for me is I feel like media is kind of pushing us to 100 uh media is also pressing us to get an offensive line which they're right about but they're pressing it way too much um but yeah if eli apple ends up getting cut i almost say try and trade up in the draft to go get a cornerback at that point
2: i would say that's our number two need behind a line at the moment well in terms of
0: second strings second string dbs i don't know how much better you get than eli apple you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So unless you're planning to go get another first string to pair with
2: a Luzier, yep. Uh, there's no point to cutting Eli Apple. I agree. The media also tried uh, to push Penn A Sawool last year. The guy even said did. right before we picked, I actually rewatched our draft, and the announcer said the Bengals, I can't remember the exact way he worded it, but basically if the Bengals don't draft an O-lineman right here, they will be the like, you know, the bottom line franchise that yeah, and... they will be the poverty franchise. Exactly. Which yeah.
0: we which we have been for the four to five years uh in the in the past decade. So it is tough to see. And you know, at the time we had talked about it, uh we both wanted them to pick Jamar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and I can have people that backs it up for me, and I also back up Brennan on this one. We had both said that we wanted Jamar. And so now we're in a situation i've had two rules my whole life and they both have to do with drafting in the first round you never draft an offensive line in the first round and you never draft a running back that's my that's my two rules you don't draft them in the first round and i don't know i feel like and we talked about this earlier offensive tackles especially offensive tackles little and offensive linemen take a couple years to develop yeah absolutely uh, and so we are in our Super Bowl window right now, uh, as it is shown. So if we go out and draft an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman that will take a year to develop, and most likely will if you're picking that late in the first round, is it even worth it then? Because he could be at his peak of talent by the time our Super Bowl era has already closed.
2: I can see, uh, both sides on that, honestly, because if you look at it, um, Penne Sewul did take some time to develop. I mean he didn't have a flawless first couple games. He was yeah, struggling. But he on really the other hand, beating. yeah. Uh Rashawn Slater was a guy who people I mean almost everybody had uh under Penne Sewell in terms of best available O linemen. And he played great his rookie year. I mean he not perfect, but he played pretty well.
0: When I think the best uh, example slash argument there, even though he was not expected to do much, I mean, Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs was a rookie and might have been possibly the best offensive lineman in the NFL this season, Uh playing center for them. So you never know with offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and that's why it's just way too much of a hit-or-miss position. Uh, yeah, look at Billy Whereas Post. Yeah, exactly. Uh, offensive line and running back are just such big a boomer bust positions, which I get every position can be a boomer bust, but you can live with an average wide receiver, but it has shown uh, in the Bengals season that you cannot live with an average offensive line. You eventually yeah. need to bolster that. Um, but yeah, so getting into the next question, we've talked about the draft. We've talked about what we th- should do with the offensive line. And we've said the obvious about having to sign Jesse Bates. Uh, Because he's probably arguably a top two, top three safety in the league. Yes. But the big uh, issue is here, we both believe that the draft might not be fully the answer. Uh, Is there any trades we should be open to? I want you to give me your best possible blockbuster trade that the Bengals could make this offseason.
2: Unfortunately, I feel like our most valuable piece that we could afford to give away would be at the wide receiver position. Okay, Uh, so it would be sad to see, but T. Boyd is a definite two possible one on most other teams, and I would say T. Higgins is a definite one on most other teams and maybe a number two, and if we were going to trade away a position to get a a good O-lineman, maybe with some picks on the back end of it, I would say it would be in the uh, wide receiver position.
0: See, because so uh we talked to, me and Anthony talked about this separately on our own. Uh, he's not the best trade guy in the world. His first uh, initial offer was Joe Mixon in a fourth round pick for Quentin Nelson, a third round pick. Um, <laughs> which, you know, is not the greatest thing in the world. Um, but you talked about the one position where we can let go of some people is at wide receiver. What if I told you my blockbuster trade involved getting another one? And Ooh. I'm talking about reuniting the LSU boys.
2: Oh man. Don't say that because once Jay Jettis contracts up, he's taking a pay cut to come to Cincinnati. I'm genuinely telling you,
0: <laughs> I love Tyler Boyd with all my heart. You know, every time we go to a Bengals game, I tell you he's going to go off. I root for Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd like hell, but you're telling me if we had the chance to trade Tyler Boyd and maybe a second to fourth somewhere in between their round pick or maybe our first round pick this year and get justin jefferson back with jamar chase and to have t higgins as your number three.
2: Oh, i mean i would love to see it but <laughs> that'd be the
0: most and obviously i'm not saying that we shouldn't trade problems in linemen i say we go do that in free agency to have that trio of wide receivers because Incredible. if justin jefferson came over here in free agency That's just overload because then you're never really going to use Tyler Boyd. Um, And then he's just kind of sitting on the bench as a possible number two and even uh, rarely a number one on other teams. To see him sitting on the bench for most plays would be uh, really depressing, honestly.
2: Yeah. But
0: I'm just saying, I think it would be really cool to see Justin Jefferson on the Bengals. He kind of upset me because... I knew we were thinking about getting Jamar Chase. And I was like, dang, who knew his teammate was also that good? Um, but now kind of watching him this season and seeing how much he truly is showing that he wants to play for the Bengals, I wouldn't be too upset at the reunite, uh, reuniting there.
2: I hope it happens. I, I don't know when his rookie year um, contract would be up if they have him for four or five, but I would love to see him come to the bangles if when he becomes a free agent if that's possible
0: yeah no doubt well so bringing in a player is one thing letting go a player is another if you could cut one starter from the Bengals lineup right now who's going cuts i would say i would say our super bowl lineup okay uh who who would you get rid of
2: uh, yeah, I think I would have to go Hakeem Adeniji, but I feel like we could develop him. Maybe Trey Hopkins, because he's an average O-lineman who's actually getting older and degressing.
0: I was going to say probably Trey Hopkins. The only thing that made me stay away from the first guy you talked about was until the last play, Aaron Donald really didn't do much. And I get he got like double team and triple team the whole game. Yeah, But if you're able to double team and still stop Aaron Donald, that's actually kind of impressive uh that's how good he is um but i don't know i watched the game and i i saw him stopping but then yeah every time uh trey hopkins was on him he just flew right past him yeah so that's where i saw it but all right maybe maybe to push away what non-offensive lineman would you cut then just to make it, interesting, it has to, to be it a starter spicy. Has to be a starter. What non-offensive lineman would you cut? Just to make it interesting. Hmm.
2: All right, you might have to give me a sec on this. Yeah, take all the time you need. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. I mean, I can't say... I'm trying to think defense because I really like our offense, regardless of the O-line.
0: Yeah, I think outside of O-line, there's nobody that you... I would feel comfortable (sighs) cutting.
2: I hate to say Eli Apple, but that's probably... Who I would have to pick, ah, uh, but I don't want to pick him. I, I would, yeah, probably Eli Apple.
0: I would say it would, because, man, I almost just, I, I feel like it would be between him and Jermaine Pratt. Oh, Jermaine. man, I love Jermaine Pratt. I, I love Jermaine Pratt. Uh, my first thought after Eli Apple was Von Bell, but then I realized Von Bell's great. Uh,
2: yeah, I like... I would honestly say Eli Apple over Jermaine Pratt, though, just because of age. Jermaine Pratt's Mm -hmm. much younger. He's also got way more upside, in my opinion. Eli Apple has been in the league for a while. He's probably not going to get any better. I think Jermaine Pratt's got great like athletic build for a linebacker. He's going to be a great coverage linebacker for a while. Yeah.
0: All right, so we've talked about sending people away. We've talked about getting rid of them completely. Now let's talk about the guys that we have there solid forever. And a lot of people have had trouble with this question when I asked them. So for the future of the Bengals, if you could invest in a player's stock, like how good they can become outside of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who would you invest in? I
2: would love to say Jermaine Pratt or Logan Wilson, honestly. I think both of them have some pretty good upside. Logan Wilson plays like a vet already, and he's only in his third year. Well, coming up Mm -hmm. on his third year. Um, Jermaine Pratt, I mean, he was a fourth round pick, um, that we've developed already pretty well. I think he can get a lot better. Ooh. Okay. Here we go. Joseph Osai. I'll pick him just to be a little, a little wild card. I think Joseph Osai could become a very, very good edge rusher along with, uh, Trey Hendrickson.
0: So it's funny enough, the, you are now the fourth person I've asked that question to, and I have still yet to hear even T Higgins name come up.
2: I think T Higgins is already a certified one receiver. So I'm just I wouldn't... saying like,
0: I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard his name come up one time. I haven't heard a woozy come up at all. This is the first time I've heard Logan Wilson. I think that's a great, I think that's a great pick. That's probably who I would go with. Okay. Um, Logan Wilson, you know, what is he like Four four years into the league?
2: Uh, I believe this was his second full year because the year he was the yeah. same draft as Burrow. So yeah, this will okay. be his third year.
0: Uh, second, third, full year, like second full year. And in, without a doubt, when he was on the field, which I know wasn't much this season, uh, he was 100% the best defensive player we had, uh, in terms of impact, in terms of making the play. So I think he only gets better from here especially since this was his first breakout year.
2: Mm-hmm. I really, I would also say DJ Reader, but he's already such a prominent D lineman. I wouldn't say stock-wise he would get much better. That's what, mm. just what I was thinking. Um, I think T. Higgins, ah, he's already, I mean, I think he's a one receiver on all but a few teams in the NFL, honestly.
0: It's interesting to like invest in a player's stock because you did kind of make me think about it. If a player is already good, he's not gonna rise, so it's not like you're getting much more profit off of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you actually have to look at those players that like no one is thinking
2: about. It is safe though. You invest in Josepho's side stock, and and he doesn't play well. You're yes. you're buying for cheap and then losing.
0: You got any just like random thoughts about the offseason, or well, something I should probably brought uh, bring up at the time we're recording this? Uh, Zach Taylor has been re-signed. He's gotten a contract extension uh, up until twenty twenty-six. How are we feeling
2: about that? Uh, I think that's a good. I think that's a good sign. I mean, the guy in two years brought us to a Super Bowl, so I think you you lead a
0: team that was at, at one point. The worst team in football to a Super Bowl a couple of years later. No doubt in my mind, you should be extended a few years. I agree. I, he not- also
2: led yeah, I the, I believe, by the end of the season, end of the regular season, we were still the least penalized team in the league. And for the yeah. Bengals to have the least penalized season in the NFL is a pretty big turnaround. That's especially, uh,
0: that's a revolution right there. That's a revolution. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, it sucks that it ended up being penalties that possibly could have cost us <sighs> this game. It's very true. Um, so a little ironic there. But, you know, Zach Taylor much deserved to get the contract extension. Hopefully that also happens to Jesse Bates this offseason. And in a few years, Burrow, along with Higgins and Chase, it'd be really nice there. to have all three of them uh, after the rookie contracts run up. But just generally, you got any off-season things, uh, ideas, players that you really feel confident about trying to get?
2: Um, I mean, I'm obviously a Lions number one regard. I would like to see some oddball free agency signings like we had last year. Some, some guys who come from winning teams that you wouldn't really expect to have as much of an impact as they did, like Mike Hilton and Von Bell. Mm. I feel like those guys really stepped up. Trey Hendrickson, he did lead his team in sacks and had a great year, but a lot of people attributed it to the other guy on his D-line helping him out. But he showed that uh, he's here to stay as a great pass rusher. I would like to see some guys like that.
0: I think the great thing about uh, our signings last season was typically the Bengals have done the same strategy of signing guys that deserve a second chance uh but mm-hmm. back in the day second chance meant uh they went to prison yeah <laughs> and then came back in the league uh this last offseason we did it more as a these guys deserve a chance because they were kind of written off by their teams type thing mm-hmm. obviously eli apple he was a good corner he just had really bad uh Really bad trash talking and out of out of the off the field problems. I love it. Um, Mike Hilton came in and kind of added his little Steelers spice to the roster. Yeah, uh, I don't know if anybody watched the Titans game or I don't know if you saw this exact moment in the Titans game. Uh, Mike Hilton held a player for or this might be might have been the Chiefs game, but Hilton held a player real bad. Uh, and easily got away with it. And I was like, that's a Steelers player for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he taught him. He taught him well. He taught him how to get away with penalties.
2: Apparently, he was the one who brought the toughness to the defense. Once once he got into training camp and was on the Bengals, he set the tone every day in practice to be like a, a tough defense no matter what. And from what I heard, all see because, you know, tr- training camp preseason, there's not too much for the media to – To report on so when they get small things and that's what everybody on the defense was saying how mike hilton really brings the tone in practice
0: that's good to hear because i have spent the last four to five years rooting against mike hilton Um, i know
2: i remember like
0: now i I love him (laughs) i know it's always joe Hayden and mike hilton and they annoyed the hell out of me um but now now he's on the team and he seems very committed uh, he seems like he wants to play there, as do many players on and not on the team, uh, which is really interesting. How? So it's not, it's obviously a little twisted, uh, his words that he said during an interview. But do you think we should chase after Rob Gronkowski after the statement he
2: made? Ooh. It, it, if it's a one year. Which it probably would be in Gronk's case. I mean, why not? Honestly, it's uh, just
0: it's the same <sighs> scenario of, you know, when they were on the Patriots and on the Bucks, you root against them, and you say that you hate them. But if you had the chance to have Tom Brady and or Rob Gronkowski on your team, you would instantly take them for sure. Now, the only issue is the guy we have at tight end right now is kind of our heart and soul of the team.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. I I don't know if it's realistic, especially in the Bengals case scenario, but I wouldn't be opposed if I heard the news.
0: That's what I was going to because just like TB, Uzama is, you know, he has a special place in my heart. I don't think he's I don't think he's the most talented guy that we could possibly have at that position. No if that makes any sense.
2: No, he's Uh, definitely not, but he's a hard worker, and uh, a lot of the guys in the locker room respect him.
0: I mean, I don't know if you found this very obvious, but I think he was clearly injured during the game. Um, Oh, yeah,
2: no, uh, I I saw a tweet afterwards by a doctor that said his, uh, his recovery time would have been four to six weeks and he recovered in two yeah, weeks he
0: refused to get an mri uh when he mm-hmm. got injured like he was clearly injured so it is really nice to see that grit and grime um but at the same time was it really helping our team to have him injured out like was he that much better than drew sample to have him injured out there then uh him
2: it was sample? probably it was probably more for him honestly I, under, no. I
0: understand that. I understand that. Um, but, I mean, there was players on the Rams side that kind of had to watch the game happen and not be there. And I would use OBJ as an example, but that happened during the game, so that's a little different.
2: Yeah. I mean, Eric Weddle got hurt in the first quarter, I believe. I saw 20. that picture
0: of his shoulder. Uh, it was it was really rough. I know. Um, But, yeah, no, in terms of this offseason, like you said, with with Gronkowski it's if if he truly wants to come here and like ask the Bengals to give him one year offer I absolutely have no problem with CJ riding the bench for a year mm-hmm. uh, and seeing if adding Gronk I mean imagine if we grabbed Gronk and then traded for Jay jettis
2: yeah <laughs> I mean we were on two tight end sets a lot well, uh, yeah. maybe not a lot, but more than other teams because we like to have that extra down lineman when we run the ball. Yeah, and, and then
0: you have two amazing tight ends. You know, if you do this dream scenario where we get Justin Jefferson, you have three legit number one receivers uh, on a single line. It'd be unstoppable. Crazy. You just have to make sure that Joe Burrow is getting a line. Not to mention that you also have a top five running back right behind you. Top four. Ah. uh well you know that's not that's not my my decision (laughs) i i have him right there at number five fair all right well that's all i'm gonna wrap it up i gonna make it short make sure everybody gets the points i want to thank you for coming on brennan thank you for sharing your thoughts with us
2: yeah thanks for having me
0: uh is there anything you want to plug in here maybe an instagram or something like that here at the end
2: Yeah, sure. Follow my Instagram, bernand.higus. I wouldn't mind a few more followers. Yeah, of
0: course. Well, I want to thank you, as I said, uh, and I'm sure we will see you for future episodes. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Yeah, you as well. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have today for the Rookie Ball season finale, the Bengals Special Edition episode two-parter. These two parts of an episode took a while to make, a while to edit, so I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm super proud of how it's turned out. Obviously, as I said before, I am upset that the Bengals did lose the Super Bowl, but I'm super proud of how far that team has come, and in my 19 and a half years of living, I've never gotten to see one of my teams win a playoff game, so it's very exciting. Yes, I may be upset, but As an NFL fan, I couldn't be more happy. And as a Bengals fan, I couldn't be more proud. And I want to thank you guys, whether you were NFL fans or not, for sitting through all of these talks of the NFL games. I really hope you guys are looking forward to Season 2 when we get into a lot more sports, a lot more variety, and a lot more excitement. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the last time here on Season 1 of Rookie Ball, I will see you guys... On the flippity-flip. Get out of here. The Bengals favorite fun is where we play. Bengals are <laughs> right trying to,
1: to stay. Who they? Who
0: they? Who they think gonna beat them Bengals? No. Oh.